Bet the Juice Podcast. Cody Mitchell, Connor Holiday here. Sports. We don't have a lot. I mean, it's the it. NBA. Yeah, it's literally, literally all we is. got. Shout out to the Lakers for no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not shouting. Listen, out the fucking I Lakers. had big money on the Heat to beat the or win the series against the Knicks, and they cashed that for me. I saw the future on the Lakers to win it all. I and will, I placed the future on them to win the series against the Nuggets. I will say I'm happy money. for you. Thank you. But that is it. No. I'm not going to feel... Want to talk about Coastal? <laughs> no, but that is awesome. Coastal Carolina baseball. Uh, I don't remember the number you got it at. or We've been at the same time, so I don't remember what number we got it at exactly. Uh, I could tell you in a second. But currently, literally, so I, I love baseball, but I don't follow college baseball. Um, I literally saw on Twitter some guy... Plus 20,000. Plus 20,000, not bad odds. That um, somebody said, like, you might want to take a stab at this future. Like, I like their pitching. And I was like, sold. And me and Connor both placed a bet on Coastal to win the College World Series. They're currently ranked eighth in the country. I'm trying to see where their current their current odds are plus 5,000. I mean, that's, a, that's very high, but <laughs> like compared to what we got it at is very good. I mean, obviously, there's teams that are ranked ahead of them that have uh, better odds. Need to tell Colin. Is LSU one? LSU one. Yeah. Wake, Wake, who's the number one ranked yeah. team? They're right behind them. Well, I know LSU has. It's just, it's just like all the SEC schools. Yeah. Uh, Wake Forest, Stanford, yeah, Virginia. Good for Virginia. Hey, Duke plus three thousand. I know. I saw that Duke baseball is actually really good. Um, Virginia or LSU has like the number one pick in the MLB draft. He's batting like four. My brother sent me something today. He's like batting four fifty right now. Jesus. Christ. And they have a pitcher who's gonna be in the top five too. Jesus Christ. But we're basically strictly college football and college basketball. For college basketball, I'm basically we put a bow in it last week, and then Arthur Kaluma, <laughs> the Creighton forward, decides that he's gonna enter the transfer portal. I don't really care. I will talk about it when he commits, and I'm covering it for a couple minutes. It's. This show is supposed to be a show where we're trying to make money for ourselves and we're trying to make money for you. Yes. And to Don't keep tell me I have to cash out of my future. No, no, <laughs> I'm I'm totally fine with it. I think Creighton will be fine. Kaluma really didn't get better from his freshman to sophomore year, which he was projected before the season to be like a top seven pick. I do remember you telling me that. Yeah, and he nothing got better with him. He's a very, very, very good player, and he's very versatile, can shoot, can defend, everything. But when it comes to making money, like we're going to start gravitating more towards college football because that's what's next. Somebody's been tearing through the schedules, looking at edges and looking at win totals. Somebody's already got a giant list of win totals. Oh, I know you do. My bet. <laughs> so like, we'll like when college basketball comes back around and it's starting up, I'll do, we'll do a preview of it and all that good stuff. But like we're, it's college football season. I know it's May. Off but season. we're getting back into it here pretty soon. We'll be doing the breakdown for every conference, conference yep. the group of five, some independence, whatever. And then after you know that, it's going to be week zero. Yeah. So like, we're going to move into that. But before we do that, I place a future today, Connor, and I love this <coughs> value. And it's something that's a little abstract here. Are you ready? Yes. LSU women's basketball is still plus 400 and it's four to one. Yeah. I mean, I don't like hate that whatsoever because they did work in the portal. This is the defending national championship or champion and they might've gotten better. Oh, they definitely got better. Now the biggest thing that worries me the most is UConn was out, was without the probably the best player in college, uh, besides no, Caitlin Clark. Yeah, I was going to say one or two. You could put it up there. Paige Buecher is going to be number one pick in whenever she's available in the WNBA uh, draft. Is she, though? She's going to be the year after Clark. Oh, so they're not in the same class. Okay. No, no. Okay. No. I about to say, if you I'm, put them in the same class, I think Clark goes first. I think first. even after this, because I'm pretty sure this would have been Paige's second year, if I remember correctly. I don't. I don't remember. I don't know, but uh, no, I do not hate that. Like I know it's a tournament setting, and 
a lot of the time in college basketball, we don't get the best in the men's side. We don't get the best team that wins the title. We did this year. Mm-hmm. Women's, you normally do. And yeah. let me tell you here, Angel Reese is back. Yeah. They got Haley Van Lith from Louisville, 20 yes. points a game. Anisha Morrow from DePaul committed there. She's a two-time All-American, averaged 26 points a game in the Big East Conference, and she is there. And not to mention, Michaela Williams, the number one recruit in women's basketball, is also going to be there. Yeah, exactly. They're four to one. Stacked. Four to one. I saw that number. I, I had to bet it. Yeah, I'll probably end up placing a future on that once we're done with this. I got that on DraftKings, by the way, for everybody that wants to know. Like, I just, I mean, the defending champions, most of the roster is back, and you're getting literally two of the best players in college, in college, in women's college basketball. You have to take that. No, I agree. 100%. But besides that, I have one more future for you. Oh, here we go. All right. It's not really, I'm not placing the future as actually a question. Let's say, Connor, you did really well in the stocks, and you're a millionaire. Okay. Pipe dream. Would you bet a million dollars to win $90,000 on Victor Wembanyama to be the number one pick? Because to me, that's free money. I, you're risking a shit ton. Yeah, you are. But you're to me, it's free money. I think so. But man, I just... I don't want to be... You don't want to be that idiot that did it. But at the same time, like, that's, like, literally, they posted the odds. Some some site posted the odds on... It's minus 20,000. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying the odds on the uh, draft lottery tonight, or is it tomorrow? Tonight. It's 7 tonight. o'clock tonight. Um, And it was literally, they scratched out and they said the Web and Yana uh, odds. Oh, yeah. There's, so, I don't care... Who you are, whatever team it was, they would draft him. Just for your LSU future, you did good. On one side, I looked at you got good value because FanDuel's plus two fifty. Yep, I saw it on there. So that's why you always have more than one book, and you kind of shop around a little bit, especially on the futures. Yeah, Um, I'm just just looking around. One little thing before we get into the college basketball or college football talk. I thought Um, this was supposed to be my show. It is going to be your show. Here, give me two minutes. If you can find odds, or you can't find odds on it, unfortunately. So, I wanted to take a flyer on Scoot Henderson to be the third pick in the NBA draft because I feel like if the Blazers keep Damian Lillard and they got the number two pick or the Mavericks got the number two pick, like, why would you draft him? You don't need him there because the guard spot's already taken out by the point guard. Um, Unless you're... Well, never mind. Go ahead. It's only plus 150, so it's kind of sad. I thought he was supposed to be like head over heels in the number two pick. Apparently, Brendan Miller and Amon Thompson is like right neck and neck. So, not a lot of value there. I was kind of very disappointed. I was hoping to get like, I thought I could get Scooter like plus 600, but you know what they say. I The host of the Bet the Juice podcast is not smarter than the sports books. Connor, I'm going to turn it over to you. Get into some college football talk and try to contain your excitement. We'll try to. Don't know how well it's going to go. But, I mean, just to, like, kind of ease our way into the off season, I got, I don't know, I think, like, ten questions. Just to get us, like, talking about the sport, talking about what's going on, what, like, talking about all kinds of shit. Just, like, some of the burning questions I have for the offseason. Um... I want to kind of save this one for last. Well, I'll save that one for last. Which conference this season do you think will be the most intriguing? Okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not looking for the best. I'm thinking, like, which one do you think you're going to have your eyes on the absolute most? Top of my head here, and this is all unprepared, and I'm still... I'm, I mean, I'm still in college basketball mode because I'm following all the offseason stuff. But just top my head here, and this is no Midwest bias here, but it's probably going to be the Big Ten because I think the Big Ten actually is a little more wide open than we've seen in I a think while. there's 
In the Big Ten, I think there's three yep. for sure contenders. Problem is they're all in the East. I think it's OSU, Michigan, and I think it's Penn State. I know who you're going to say. I would not count out Wisconsin. We'll get to them later. But to me, when Ohio State is not head over heels the favorite, they've lost back-to-back, sorry, back-to-back times to Michigan. Dick. You you won like 14 or 15 before that. You can't be bad. I know. Um, Penn State has a a quarterback that's a former five-star, correct? Yeah, five-star. And returned a lot of production there. And then you have Luke Fickle taking over Wisconsin team who's – made their money for how many years on defense is now going to actually install a real offense there. And obviously he's a very, very, very successful and good coach. Like that to me is got the most storylines right off the top of my head. Okay. So for me, I had two clear one and twos. I'll, I'll let you know if your number two is the, same the one that I am probably going to be watching the absolute most is probably going to be the Pac-12. Are you going to be able to watch it? Probably not. <laughs> that was going to be my number it's two. It's going to be late at night, or it's going to be on the Pac-12 network, and I can't fucking watch it. But, top to bottom, when it comes to the quarterback position, this is by far the best conference. You have quarterbacks... All over. You have the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. You have. I I could just I I want to go through the list of everybody that is in that conference. But you have so many damn quarterbacks. And honestly, like I keep like going through the schedule, like I can make the case for so many different teams to win it. It's just like, what the fuck's gonna actually happen? My number two is the Big Twelve. And now. To get to, well, it will carry it into the next question, but Big 12 top to bottom, I honestly don't know what the fuck to expect. I think there are three clear teams that are vying for that championship. Even with, I'm trying to keep my bias out of it, but at the same time, looking at their schedule and knowing what they had at the end of the season at quarterback... Kansas State, I think, will be contending to defend their Big 12 championship. You obviously have Texas, who might be the most talented roster in the Big 12. And then you also have Oklahoma, who's trying to bounce back. But at the same time, Kansas State could fall off a bit without with everything that they lost with Knowles and Deuce. You have Texas that always seems to fuck up expectations. And Oklahoma, who was six and seven last season, and then you look at the other teams, like that middle of the Big Twelve is going to be very interesting. And then you have the four new entry or new teams entering. I think it can make the Big Twelve very fun. I think it's only going to be for this year, adding the four and still having Texas and Oklahoma in there. To my next question, because this involves the Big Twelve. Out of the four teams joining the Big 12, which team do you think has the most immediate success, and then who do you think has the most long-term success? So Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, and BYU, correct? Yes. Immediate success is probably... I, I want to personally say BYU. I get I'm that. a little biased, mm-hmm. but... Obviously, coming from the independent, when you're playing like big boy competition, maybe five to six times a year, mm-hmm. like I think the roster is better suited for that. But also, Cincinnati has just a winning pedigree, and I think that but does matter. You, but you have to take away the fact that Fickle's not there, and that hurts. Satterfield might be a stooge. Exactly, jury's still out. Exactly, but so. For my team, for the immediate success, I think it's UCF. Because honestly, when I look at all four teams, outside of BYU, who's bringing in a transfer quarterback, Cincinnati, we don't really know what's going on at quarterback because you started Prater at the end of the season, but you brought in Emory Jones. So who's going to be the real starter there? Houston's losing Clayton Toon. 
I don't know much about how their recruiting's been, but I think that Houston probably has a decent quarterback in the wing in the wing waiting. UCF still has John's John Rice Palmley. Say mm-hmm. what you want, he is a very good quarterback for Gus Malzahn's offense. I think if if we look at the Big 12 at the end of the season, I think UCF out of those four has the best record. What do you think for long term? Long term, I would probably go with UCF. Really? That would be mine because just think about destination, NIL money, and I don't care that they didn't really have like a winning pedigree and it's still kind of, for a couple years, it's going to be, you're still going to think of it as like a Cinderella darling. Mm -hmm. But man, you're in Central Florida. You have Florida State's becoming back on the rise. Florida looks like they're dipping a little bit and God knows what Miami is. You could be the second best, or even at, in years, the number one team in Florida. I do get, I do agree with that. Like I'm personally now, this is coming from a guy who had no dream of ever, or had a dream, but like had no shot of ever playing Division One sports. Mm-hmm. But a lot of my decision probably would have been on destination alone, let mm-hmm. alone the campus and the coaching and my spot on the roster. And like, why would you not want to go to UCF? For you, because for you to answer this, because obviously I have my OSU bias. You really have no bias for any school except for Duke, maybe. And really, not even anymore. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I more fall in love with players than anything else. Yeah. To flip it before you answer that question, I worry about BYU's long-term success in the Big Twelve in basketball and in football mm-hmm. because. I mean, being a Mormon school does turn some people off. Their rules are a lot more strict. And I know they have a lot of NIL money. Utah is a state that well, flourishes and very that rich. Is now they're going to get the addition of that Big 12 money. But also, once Texas and Oklahoma leaves, God only knows how much those TV right money will be. Yeah, it, it just it does worry me because sometimes it's hard to get kids to go to school like that. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Uh, for my long-term success team, it's Houston. I don't know about the co- the head coach right now. I love Dana to death. There's times, though, that I feel like the fan base is just ready to be done with them. And, uh, and the thing about Houston is, Houston is talent-rich when it comes to sports. And honestly, like, kind of like, like, just thinking about this, the basketball program having so much success could have carry over to the football team. But you could run like that city now that you have Big 12 money. Get Keep getting recruits in there. I think Houston said like it won't be long before Houston could be potentially running the Big 12. No, I agree. In, in football, I don't, know, I don't know about basketball yet because, I mean, it's hard to upseat Kansas and even Texas with the booster money that they have. But that's only for one year. But you, oh yeah, that's right. I I forget about that. But still, I think Houston set up for long-term success in the big 12. I mean, I can't honestly, even thinking back in years, those, some they've won, they've had Heisman trophy winners. They've had, yeah. Who? Ward. Who? Greg Ward. Oh, Fuck, what, I forgot his goddamn name. But either way, Case Keenum went there. You've seen what you've seen Houston a lot in college football throughout the years. I think they're set up for a lot of success. I, I can't really argue with you. I think when it comes to like basketball, I think they'll be the second best team in the Big Twelve mm-hmm. next year and probably like long term too. Kansas is gonna be harder to throw in football. It's probably still going to take a couple years. I don't think it'll be long, but a couple years to get that like Cinderella like thing off of your back. Mm-hmm. But it'll be a great school for this next offseason where players I, – I think they could kill the transfer portal. All the guys mm-hmm. from Houston that didn't really pan out at the other yeah, bigger honestly, schools. you don't even need just to get kids from Houston. Get kids from Texas. Or, that, yeah. Yeah, just like – be transfer you in the state of Texas, and you could be very successful. Are you worried at all about Cincinnati's success in the Big 12 at all? I mean, Cincinnati's got a lot of talent, too. 
I mean, they go through the ebbs and flows. Like you had the years with Brian Kelly where you were high, then you had the lows, then you had Fickle bring him up, and now I think you're heading into low. It's honestly dependent on Satterfield, but I think Cincinnati has the right mindset. That I mean, this was this trying to think of this team was in the college football playoff mm-hmm. as a G five. I don't care what, like UCF's fake national championship, anything like that. That's more successful than any. G, that's the highest that a G five team can reach. And they fucking did it. Mm-hmm. So I think that Cincinnati can find success. It's just I think they're going to find the ebbs and flows. But I th- the, what sucks is I, w- I feel better about their success if Fickle was still fucking there. Yeah. That was the heart, That was the bloodline of what made Cincinnati as successful as they were. Yeah, and when they – I know they joined a power conference, but the, at the end of the day, like Ohio kids, even from Cincinnati, if you're really good, you're going to Ohio State. All right, next question. Does Caleb Williams' chance at repeating as the Heisman Trophy winner rest more on him or his defense? Probably on his defense because we've seen guys like Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow. Bryce Young. Bryce Young, Lamar Jackson. had better. Jameis, even. Maybe, yeah. And, they, and then they still went to the – who wanted they? Mariota? Yeah, Mariota. Yeah, which that's kind of tough, but – but Jameis, I don't even think Jameis would... Oh, wait, no. I don't think Jameis w- uh, would have been because I think that was the year of the suspension and everything like that. Oh, probably, yeah, because after they won the title, he was stealing crab legs. Grab her by the pussy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the thing is, voters have fatigue. I think it's the dumbest thing in sports. It's the same with the MLB. Like, voters just decide that they're not going to vote for a certain person because they won it the year before. We practically saw it in the NBA where Joel Embiid won the MVP when Nikola Jokic 100% deserved it, beat him in every single category. And as we still see, he's still playing in the playoffs. So I think in order for Caleb Williams to win the Heisman back-to-back, because frankly some voters just don't want to see another back-to-back Heisman winner, they would have to probably run the table and make the college football playoff and maybe even be a one or two seed. And the shitty thing about that is what if they end up being the two seed because they play in the Pac-12 and Kyle McCord leads Ohio State to an undefeated season, like he's probably going to get it. That's just kind of how it is. It's quarterback award. In order for him to win it, they got to convincingly probably be the number one team and win every game. So I'm kind of prepared to be like cold takes exposed on this. But – I don't if Caleb Williams does not make or if USC does not make the playoff, Caleb Williams will not win the Heisman. I think like as much as we think that it is the best player or the best quarterback in the nation when it comes to the voting, it does depend on coaching or I mean not coaching on team success. Because and also the idea that somebody's injury automatically like takes them off the board, like the fact that Hendon Hooker suffered his ACL injury and then was completely taken off the board, didn't have any consideration when he should have been in there before Stetson Bennett was. So I and honestly, there's another uh, thing: Stetson Bennett was only there because he his team had the success. In my opinion. When you get a plugged in, like, probably half of the college starters, and they would have probably done the same thing. But I honestly think that, like you said, I think it it does rest more on his defense. If they do not succeed, he's not going to win the Heisman. I, I, he could he could literally double his stats. And, he, and if they don't make the playoff, or they suffer, like, three losses, two losses, I don't think he wins it. And like I said, his stats could be better. I don't either, and I've looked at the Heisman odds a few times, and there's no guy like that jumps off the page like, oh, he could probably beat be Caleb Williams, but it just never works that way. Like Everybody and their mom would assume Johnny Manziel won it the next year because he's just going to put monster numbers up, and mm-hmm. he didn't. Yeah. Uh, next question. 
What are realistic expectations for Luke Fick or Wisconsin in year one with Luke Fickle? God, I have to look at the schedule. Because here's the thing: when I looked at that schedule, I think that they could be nine and three and in the Big Twelve championship. Uh, I haven't really dug into anything, but in... I also don't want to set the bar that high because this will. He has an established quarterback in Tanner Mordecai, but this is also establishing a totally different offense than what Wisconsin has ever fucking run. 100% they draw. And he's a defensive-minded coach, so you think the defense is going to be just as good with, even though uh, Leonard's not there. Who's the OC? Oh, God, why am I blanking on his fucking name? It's the UNC offensive Oh, line. it's... um. God damn, it's going to drive me crazy. I know who you're Longo. talking Longo. No. Right? Oh, give me a look it up. I guess you should. Great podcasting right here. It is Phil Longo. Ha ha! So there you go. Uh, realistic expectations. So they do have Washington State. It's at, at Washington State. In the non-con, and they do draw Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I mean... I, I mean, I, I honestly don't know. I assume they're going to be a lot better. I do think they represent the West in the in the Big Ten title game. Just assuming because I have, I'm putting basically all my faith in Luke Fickle in a program that's had pedigree. And I, I don't know if they're ready to... Whoever comes out of the East is still probably going to be the champion, whether it's Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State. But I think they could... My expectation for them is to go to the Big Ten title game and probably lose, but nine or ten wins should shouldn't be out of the question whatsoever. Do you, do you have their win total? Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be. I mean, is that one? I don't know if it's one you bet or anything. Well, Not to put you so on the spot when I there. was looking at the schedule because I wrote down notes while I was looking at schedules and stuff, and the one note that I wrote down was Wisconsin outside of the Ohio State game. Should be the favorite. In yeah, every that's other what, game. exactly what I was gonna say. Um, but uh, if they week two lost to Washington over, State, or the it's set at nine. I think I would lead. Like this is very early, and a lot can change when we real. I really dive into some of the rosters, but I would just first glance take the over. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a scenario where they win eight games. I think they win nine or ten. Mm-hmm. So worst case, I'd push there. Um, what about no- you? So for me, I like I said, I think they will be the Big Ten representative. Obviously, barring anything that I do in the off season, whether I like, I'm not gonna sleep on Illinois. I know that they did lose like a decent amount, like Chase Brown, Devin Witherspoon, and Sidney Brown. But I'm not gonna sleep on what Bielema has been doing there. Iowa's lost a decent amount, but they finally got an upgrade at quarterback. Purdue, who really knows, but I do like, uh, God damn it, what's the Texas kid that they got at quarterback? Why am I blanking on his fucking name? Uh, who are you talking about? The quarterback who played for Texas last year, who replaced Hudson Clint- Card. Hudson Card, thank you. Like, I do like that. Yeah, you forgot that he transferred there. Didn't <laughs> yeah, you? Me, I had no idea he transferred there. To be honest with you, yeah, he did zero idea. Because honestly, I thought he was the one going to be one of the more coveted quarterbacks in the portal, and he ended up going to uh, Purdue. So yeah, like I'm not like I'm not going to sleep on those teams, but coaching advantage wise, man, it's hard to ignore what Fickle. Like honestly, who's a better coach in the West right now than Fickle? Nobody. Yeah. And nobody. And you know what the you know what one thing that drives me crazy is like if you listen to some people, I'm not saying it's like Fickle any is easily top ten co- coach in college football yeah, right now. Undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. But do you ever hear like the dumb college sports fan who's like, Well, we saw what he did in a powerful conference at Ohio State. I'm like, dude, it was his first time as a head coach. Yeah, first time as a head coach with a freshman quarterback after you just had sanctions, lost yeah. scholarships. Now, obviously, we saw what happened when a coach that's prepared and ready and knows what he's doing gets in I mean, there. that's also a coach who has two national championships prior to but, this I as mean, well. But, I mean, turning a 6-7 and seven team into a 12-0 and 0 team yeah. that should have been playing for a national championship, but the NCAA fucked us. Um, but, yeah, 
I think realistically, Wisconsin should be in the Big Ten championship. I like obviously I don't think there's a record that will cause an uproar, but like like if the system takes a little bit more time and they stumble a little bit, I won't be surprised. But also, I just have high expectations for Fickle. Same here. And I before you go to the next question, I want to push back a little bit when you said best coach in the West. He might be the best coach in the Big Ten. Mm, like I would take him over Ryan Day. No. I would take him over James Franklin. Uh, like I think I don't think Ryan Day's leading the playoffs. If we're ranking co- coaches in the Big Ten, I think it goes Harbaugh, Day, Fickle, and then Franklin. I very much disagree about Day being better than Fickle. Well, go fuck yourself. With I, way m- fuck you. This is my podcast. Somebody should have won national titles with that roster, and he did yeah, not. I mean, he's been to national, but he has not won he, one. He, he's won a playoff game. Has Fickle won a playoff game? He okay. No, okay. No. He's I I disagree, but get going. Alright. <coughs> Next. Hold on, put your bias away. What? Keep going. I'm not getting rid of my bias. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh what are realistic expectations for Colorado? Okay, this was this is what I originally thought you were gonna ask. Dude, I really don't know. I, so I know that we talked about it. Their win total was, I think, either four or four and a half. It has since dropped to three. Yeah, um, I'm gonna be completely honest, and I'm I'm really gonna love Colorado basketball next year, and I want to love Colorado football because I like Dion. I'm not convinced he's a good coach at all. Like what? There's we have the jury should be completely wide open. We know he's great at getting talent in, but. He was better than every team he played at Jackson State. Like, head over heels with the talent he brought in. We still don't know if he's a good coach or not. At all. Like, does he show you... Like, he had a four-star quarterback at in the SWAT conference in football. We don't know if he's a great coach. We don't. And I think it would be silly of anybody mean like, he is a... He's just, like, this coach that... Is he, like, in the top 25 in some rankings? Because how do we know that? No, I they could win two games for all I know. I see your point. I think Dion is a good coach, but I see what you're saying because this is going to be the first time with like the talent gap isn't going to be there. So now, what happens when you, when the talent gap isn't there? Can you co- lead your team to victory? Problem is, I don't know if this roster is ready for the Big Twelve yet. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, Pac-12 yet. I still think that next year will be the first year that has realistic expectations. This year, I just want to see, like, a competent team. Like, I watched that Colorado team a lot last season. Why? Because I was betting against them a lot last season. You will get the Colorado-Colorado State Bowl that you wished for last year. I know. I'm so pissed that it didn't happen last year when we had two of the worst rosters. We could have had two of the worst rosters going up against each other. But I think realistic expectations, I think three or four wins, and I think there has to at least be one upset. Yeah, that was, we think too much alike. It was My quote was going to be, win one you're not supposed to. Exactly. I think that, like, Show, like if if that happens, I think that settles you a little bit on like the coach, like how good of a coach is he? I'm not expecting them to be a Pac-12 contender year one. I think he needs to do more work in recruiting and in the portal to get this roster where it needs to be. And once he gets the roster where it needs to be, all bets are off. Yeah, I don't want to come. So I agree with everything you said. I don't want to come off as like anti Dion. I'm not saying he's a good coach or a bad coach. I'm just saying I don't. I'm not willing to put like all my chips on either side right now. And oh, I'm full on chips on Dion. <laughs> I will say, no matter what his X's and O's schemes are, if he he can draw up the right plays at the right time, call the right plays at the right time, which he probably doesn't even call plays. But just no matter what, I'm telling you, just from following the team at all and at Jackson State, those players are going to give every 
everything they got for him to win because he is the most player friendly coach there is and he those players want to win for he him. He is probably the most player friendly coach in granted you like I'm saying that in college football. Granted he did like kind of kick some of his players out, but I mean it is what it is. This is that like he holds nothing back because this is called football and it is a business at the same time. Hundred percent. You know what he kind of reminds me of in the basketball side of things? Kind of like Jay Wright. He's gonna run this thing like a business. All right, next one. Is Nick Saban no longer the number one coach in college football? Currently, currently. I mean, I want to say no. Because Kirby Smart's literally won the last two national championships. I don't think you can argue with that. Yeah, I, I'm i on, no, Nick Saban. He, Nick Saban's two. Kirby Smart is number one. Like, I like Nick Saban, this was his biggest fear, is Georgia getting the right guy. He, he If you listen to some of his old interviews, he was worried, like, it, when asked, like, is there a team that you worry about? It was Georgia if they got the right guy. What did they get? One of his best disciples. I think Kirby Smart is the best coach in college football right now. Obviously, this this season, this next season is going to prove a lot more because he is has lost so much on the defense now. But I, it's hard to ignore that Kirby Smart is the best coach in college football. He's number he's either one or two in the recruiting rankings. He fucking has won back-to-back titles. Now, by any means, I don't think Nick Saban's completely like lost his fastball. I just feel like... I don't want to say he's done. But, if anything, this feels like we're starting to hit the downslope of the peak. Yeah, this Am I saying... like I still think that Saban can win a national title. But also, when I look at this roster for the next season, man, I'm very concerned. And honestly, how much, like, the fact that they brought in Buckner, the fact that we don't have anything for as far as the quarterbacks, I don't really know. Granted, we've seen him win with that one. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a different age in college football. Um, yes. Kind of piggyback off your point here, I just was like, again, I haven't really dove into any of this stuff. I put up Georgia's schedule. Oh, okay. if I was a line maker, I'd make it twelve. The best you can do is push and get your money back. It's eleven and a it, half. Yeah. Eleven and a half, and the over is juiced. The only game that I see a potential upset is at Tennessee. That's yeah, exactly. It. There is no other game where I'm even questioning it. They might be double digit favorites in just about every game. It's like oh, Florida. Like it's still Florida home. Flor- Ole Miss. Flor- Florida's yeah. Exactly. New coach home. No, not new coach. Ole Miss. Not Ole Miss. I'm thinking Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Yeah. Like, their toughest road game outside of Tennessee is probably... No, it definitely is Auburn. There are four road games this year. Auburn, Vandy, Tennessee, and Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. So, they're number one seed. Yeah. That whole Caleb Williams winning the Heisman, then you get the one seed, that's already gone. <laughs> it's already gone. That's ins- I have little... You might have told me about it. That This is, this is sad. Case. This is so bad. Yeah, it is. And you still have to go, and you still would have to pay the low ticket for Vanderbilt's $136. Like, why? All right, next question. And I probably should have given you more time oh, to God. think about this one. What is the next big name school to open? Whether you think it's honestly this year. High State. Fuck you. I knew that was <laughs> um, you. Let me think a little bit. I'll listen to you, and I'll kind of find something on top of my head here. So, it, it, I mean, it's honestly hard to... What's that look? Could Penn State move up from Chase Franklin? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Are there's they fine too with much hype with the games? quarterback. But what if it's a down... Like a, it, does, it spirals out of control this year. Then yeah, it could. It, it definitely, honestly, for any of these big name schools, it spirals out of control, and we have an easy opening. And then the other one that comes to my head is like, do they just suck it up and pay for buyout Jimbo? 
Like, do you consider Texas A&M a big job? Because I would. Honestly, I I think just because of the NIL money that they've already shown that they're willing to spend there, that shows there's a lot of money. So I was kind of back and forth on this. Kind of wanted to take the easy one and say Michigan as much as Harbaugh has been flirting with Oh, them. you're saying, like, so this doesn't have to be a firing. This could be no, one I No, I just, like, which one do you think is open? Okay. I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about how we've had so many big-name schools open up in the last couple of years. And honestly, in this day and age, if you don't prove it fast, your job's on the line. So I want you to take the easy road with Michigan. The second easy road was with um, Alabama saying Saban retires. But the one that, and it pains me to say this because I did love him at Louisiana. I think Florida. It's a good one. I like. I know their biggest gripe that Florida fans had with Mullen was he wasn't killing it in recruiting. But he was getting guys that fit his system. The funny thing is, if you look at Mullen's last class and Napier's class this last year, Mullen's class was rated higher. Might have been only by one or two spots, but it's not really winning on the recruiting trail. You had a quarterback that was drafted number four that you went seven and six with and really like at times did not seem like he knew how to properly utilize him. I think Florida could be the next school open. I don't know if it's this year, next year, but I if if they go six and six and like the other thing that scares me is your quarterbacks your your quarterback that you got in the portal was Graham Mertz. You already had Jake <laughs> Jack Miller and no offense to Jack, he didn't look like he was ready out there. I just think it could. I think it could be a bad season for Florida, and two years in, Belly Napier is gone. No, I hundred percent could see that. Um, I got two more that I or two and a half more that I thought of. Um, I don't think Sark is in any trouble with Texas because they have Arch Manning. I thought about saying it. I know, but I think with Arch Manning being behind there. Like, they don't want to lose out on him. Um, the other one would be, what if Oklahoma just doesn't get better? And this is yeah, that, around that, here. But also, I think that if it's Oklahoma, I don't think it's next year. I think it's maybe the year after. Let him get slaughtered in the SEC if he's just not a good coach. And then one other one is, what if a really big job opens up and Lane Kiffin jumps ship? I mean, if you consider Ole Miss big name, yeah. Well, my, I guess I'm thinking more just Power Five because here's like in your scenario when you said Nick Saban, I went who would replace Nick Saban? Lane Kiffin. Dabo Sweeney. Could, but Lane Kiffin that would comes to mind insane, first. That would be insane trickle effect because the one person that has been linked to like Saban successor has been Dabo. Yeah, and honestly, like. Bama, Clemson. Uh, Bama's up here, Clemson's... Well, we have to wait and see what God tells them to do. Yeah, yeah. Your favorite guy. <laughs> All right. Good question. Um, so, I know, like, this, this probably is an actual bet, but going into this season... We have probably the three best rosters in the nation being Georgia, Bama, and Ohio State having to replace their starting quarterback. I wanted it to be like, would you rather take those teams with a first-time starting quarterback or any time, or any uh, team that is has a returning coach? Uh, I can't talk. Returning quarterback. But basically this question is, Georgia, Bama, and Ohio State or the field? That's a good question. I, I think to, last I tried year, to have it be that, would you rather be betting on the teams replacing a quarterback or the returning quarterbacks? But it's basically 
Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama or the field? I think I'd take Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, 100%. Which is weird because I don't, I don't think Ohio State's even the favorite to win their own conference. Mm-hmm. Are they? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan is. I think it's close. It's probably very close. But if you're going to tell me who's got a better chance to win a national title, I'm taking Ohio State or over Michigan. Um, Those are the teams, as far as betting odds, that to are win the at natty. the top. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I would take. I think I would take Georgia, Ohio State. Or Alabama. Yeah, I don't want to be chalky, but yeah, I I would. Because definitely. who else are you going to throw in there? I think we obviously talked highly of Florida State. Jordan Travis is back. We think they're going to be very good. But do. You, can you just picture January 10th or whatever the national championship is and Jordan Travis is holding up the national title trophy? I, I can't. I think they can make the playoff. Yeah, it's like for a lot of those teams, like the one, the one thing that they have going for them is they have their returning quarterback, but then when you look at the rest of the ro- roster, oh, found a chink here, found a chink here, found a chink here, and when you look at the armor of Georgia, Ohio State, and Bama. There's not many chinks in the armor. It's just worrying about what's the person in the armor. Because obviously the person in the armor is going to be your quarterback who's going to take you as far as you can. But when the rest of the roster is like that, like you have good, you have something good to fall back on. Yeah. I will say I just looked it up. I didn't. I haven't looked in any of the futures or anything. I would say I would take Georgia at two to one over the field to win the national title. They're plus two thirty, so it's like basically right there. Mm-hmm. So I think I would if it came down to it. I think you could take out Ohio State, and Alabama, and I think I would take Georgia against the field because I know they're going to be there. Mm-hmm. They could yeah. lose the SEC title game. They're going to be there. Yeah, because whoever <laughs> whoever they lose to will be will be in the playoff for sure yeah but uh all right so i know i follow recruiting a lot more than you do but at the same time when it comes to this last class there is something that you do know a fair amount about so as it sits right now i want you to buy stock in one of the 2023 freshman quarterbacks just to name like uh I'll go through the top ten. Uh you have Arch Manning, Nico Emi Emilia. I fucking know how to pronounce his name, but I fuck it up. Uh John Dante Moore, Jackson Arnold, Malachi Nelson, Jaden Rashada, Aiden Childs, Austin Mack, Avery Johnson, Christopher Vizina, Lincoln Keenholz, Eli Holster, Austin Novosad, blah, 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 blah. The list goes on and on. Obviously, we all know about the five five stars, which are Arch, Nico, Dante, Jackson, and Malachi. I want you to pick one that you're buying stock in. Personally, I'm going to go with Nico. Specifically, like again, you said you fall recruiting way more than me. You watched the USA All-American game. I had Maris and St. Peter's watch. Couldn't watch it. Sorry. Well, Nico didn't even play in that because he was already on te- or Tennessee's roster. He was on their roster, like practicing with them okay. during, the, during the bowl prep. And a lot of this is strictly from system based. I think Josh Heupel's system is perfect. It's, I mean, it's, nothing's perfect, but it just is very quarterback friendly, and I think you can have the most immediate success. I actually am buying a little more stock in Hennon Hooker, and I think he'll have a year to sit behind him. And Joe Milton. I don't know if it was just there yet. Joe Milton. The the bit the biggest arm in this planet. Joe Milton. Um yeah, and I think I would put my eggs in the basket there. When it comes to like Arch Manning, which obviously is coveted by the last name, I don't really know, man. I watched a lot of tape, let's say like YouTube clips. Doesn't really seem like the competition was that great, but obviously he has all the intangibles. He's Uncles are, he's got four Super Bowls in the family. His grandpa was a legend in New Orleans. Like, he's probably pretty damn good. So, I mean, this one's kind of obvious. I've been adamant about this guy being starter day one for this team. It's Dante Moore at UCLA. 
I love this kid. I wish that he could have ended up at Ohio State because, I mean, he's from Michigan, so it would have just been even more perfect. But, I mean, it's still the same conference. It is. God damn it, I forgot about that. He's still going to be playing close to home. I mean, apparently that was a big thing for why he made the change from Oregon to UCLA was the fact that UCLA was joining the Big Twelve or Big Ten and away games his family would yeah. it'd be easier for them to travel. But you talked about the system with Hypel. I'm taking the be- in my opinion, the better quarterback coach in Chip Kelly. I think this is one of the most like I know he had some great quarterbacks at Oregon, but I think a lot of those system made. Obviously, we know what Marcus Mariota was. This may be, from a talent standpoint, the most talented quarterback that Chip Kelly has had. I love DTR. Brett Hundley was very good quarterback. I think that this is the best quarterback that he's had. And I cannot wait to see what Dante's able to do in this system. I honestly think, and I'm honestly buying stock in him because he's probably the quarterback on this list. Other than maybe Jaden Rashada or Aiden Childs, Rashada going to Arizona State and Childs from a lot from what a lot of people are saying, he's really pushing DJ for that starting spot. Really? But at the same time, I think Dante Moore has a clear path to starting, and I think he's going to be a household name before next season. As long as UCLA can, can keep getting like good talent mm-hmm. in around him, I'm less concerned about Tennessee just surrounding him with five stars with their NIL pockets. But I'm not going to argue with you. You know a lot more about the high, like the height the kids coming into college than I do by a long shot. Also taking a flyer on Avery Johnson, the Kansas State quarterback. From the state of Kansas. Okay. Four star. Did he play six on six? He was a beast. Or did he actually play 11 on 11? Beast. He played 11 on 11. Okay. All right. So now we have entered the last question. Here comes some bullshit. I can tell you right now. This is going to be some absolute bullshit, but you're going to laugh when I say it. So, Cody. What is the worst contract in college football? Is it Jimbo Fisher? Or is it Mel Tucker? Or is it the ACC's deal with the ESPN? <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's got to be the it, Like, just talking strictly money, it's got to be the ACC. Getting hosed. Hey, I... I <laughs> It's so bad because I think I think both those contracts for those coaches are absolutely terrible. But dude, they're still in that deal with the ESPN till twenty thirty six. We still That's have thirteen insane. years until they could get out of that. By the time the e- by the by then, Big Ten has probably re upped their deal. Like I know their first deal is going to be up before then. Their second deal might be up before the ACC's deal. The SEC's waiting for their deal with ESPN to run out, and they're probably going to be reading up before the SEC or the ACC does. Dude, it's just so bad. And I know there last night there was uh, news going around that I think they called themselves the Magnificent Seven or something like that, and it consists of seven schools from the ACC that have gotten lawyers together. To see if it's possible to get out of the grant or deal rights with ESPN, because dude, they are like it is holding the ACC back so much. I think. I think it can have any kind of a trickle effect of maybe we've seen so much. Um, what's the right word for it? With teams moving conferences and around like that, there's, there's a- already rumors that the Big Ten are looking into getting four to six teams out of the ACC if they can't get because if you can't, if there is no way to get out of that contract, then you just have to leave the ACC, man. Like some of those schools do not deserve, like they don't deserve that. Like, You're gonna set your schools back years. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, look it up because I know I had a tweet about it as far as what the schools 
that were uh, da, 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 da. the schools that were what that were part of what oh okay the magnificent seven has formed it is Clemson FSU Miami UNC NC State Virginia and Virginia Tech and they're like it says that they're trying to see if there's a way to break this unbreakable grant of rights but I think if it, if there is no way around getting out of this, then I think you're going to see some teams jump ship. I think the the problem for the SEC and why I think more teams are going to go to the Big Ten is because the, where the SEC would be dipping, it, like trying to pull teams from, you already own those markets. Like in Florida, if you try to take Miami or Florida State, you already have Florida in that market. There's not many markets that they don't already have in the ACC network. You know who doesn't? The Big Ten. And honestly, if the Big Ten takes four to six schools, I don't care what the SEC has. They will be the premier football conference in college football. They won't be, but um, will be. I will be. So a team that just comes to mind that would be in a very interesting spot is like Duke. Where football is, you know, I'm, the team's not bad by any means. They're on their way up. But, like, obviously basketball outweighs everything. And I guess you could kind of throw in Syracuse, too, is, like, where do they just say, fuck football and just join the Big Ten and then we'll just be good at basketball? Bring the Big East back. Oh, like a, as a football conference. Yes. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. I, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I'd be very – it would – I know you like this, like the the stuff and the well, the realignment, but man, if I see Duke, this is gonna cause it to get out of control. But if the powers that be aren't able to, like that's that's this is the problem that we've stated with college sports. It's all about money. ESPN's not gonna want to come off of money so that you can re up on a new contract. That's just not gonna happen. No, that's and that'd probably... be stupid of them not to. To be honest, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe you still hold the ACC on ESPN and stuff like that, but you're going to be losing out on money because you're shelling out more money to these schools. Yeah, and on the flip side, you can't really blame them. Like, it's not their job to it's have... not. It's not their fault that your commissioner signed a bad contract, basically. Yeah. Or for them to... Because I give you... you at the time, he was like... Oh, this is going to make me so great. This is years of stability. Is he still and there? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the same one who... I don't know if it's the same commissioner that is in now that signed that contract or whatever. But, like, he probably thought this was setting them up for long-term success when it was ultimately... Could be the downfall of the ACC. I just... I can't, in my mind, wrap around, like... Waking up on Sunday for a noon tip-off and Dukes playing Rutgers in a Big Ten game. Like, that, I, I hate that idea. But, like you said, money dominates everything. And just because it was one way growing up doesn't mean it's going to be that way forever. And guess what? I could bitch and moan about it all I want. I hate that Maryland's in the Big Ten. They're an ACC school. I hate that Syracuse isn't in the Big East and Pitt's not in the Big East. But do I watch it every goddamn day? Absolutely. And every Saturday yeah. for college football, I do. So I'll bitch and moan all about it all I want. I'm still gonna watch it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We're we're also entering like, like sorry, but Connor's birthday is coming up on Friday. Fuck you. He'll be thirty. Quit snitching. I'm 28. Like I, we're starting to gravitate into like we're like our old the old man on this soapbox <laughs> with this with this shit. You know what I mean? I mean you're a little more open to it than I am. Because I think I understand how much money runs yeah. this. And I do understand that. It's just the selfish fan in me wants it to kind of be the way I grew up. No, I agree. I, but, I prefer if there wasn't as much changes, but if it makes the product even better, I'm all for it. The Okay, at the end of the day, with all the realignment and everything, just don't fuck with my tournament, and I will, I will shut up. That's all I want. Like, you know how football might, the powers might... Make their own little league. Well, so call, be it. I'm, I'm calling the president of the NCAA now just to 
make sure he understands. Just do not fuck with my tournament, and that's all I care about. You get that? You get that? Okay. Is it a yes? Uh, he'll get back to me. <laughs> Great. <laughs> do you agree, though? No, I, I, I agree. Like, I don't want anything to happen to uh, the NCAA tournament. If you break off for football, go ahead. Just leave basketball. I, and I think that's, that is the road that we're heading down. And honestly, that's what I'm rooting for the most because I don't, I'm tired of the NCAA having so much fucking say so when they don't do dick. All they do is hand out suspensions to players for stupid rules. And I just, I, I want college football separate from the NCAA. And I, I think it. I'm kind of getting there too and just leaving basketball and the other sports kind of by itself i mean think about it like when you're bitching about the ncaa it feels like 20 years ago but literally in 20 early 2021 a kid couldn't sign autographs for money his own name Mm -hmm. he couldn't go represent a car company with his own name to make money Mm -hmm. that's how fucked up the ncaa is and we have freshmen now that are immediately getting on campus and getting free cars as they should Agreed, hundred percent. All right, that was a good episode. That was a lot to cover. I'm, um, I'm not exactly sure what we're gonna do next week. But I think we should kind of look in those. Some, I have you some, have some plan. I have some ideas. Okay, we'll, we'll balance. We, we'll we have a week to balance them off. We may have some drafts. We're gonna have we're gonna have fun content coming out. We're gonna everything's gonna be about well for the most part will be about college Fo- college football and college basketball, but. More gonna be closer to college football now because we're getting. I mean, my itch is getting there. This is where you make the money, though. The off season stuff. It's gonna save you so much time for the first four weeks. You don't have to play catch up the entire time. So, uh, we'll see you guys next week. We're out of here. Peace.